0: Love, talk Radio. Hello, everybody, welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel, with Ruben Torres, and we are live. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. Uh, And folks, again, like always, we have a great show for you tonight. Um, It's going to be talking about human trafficking and sex slavery in the United States. And we have a great guest coming on in just a few minutes. Um, We'll actually bring him on. His name is Dave McCleary. But before we get to him, uh, I do want to mention uh the radio show is sponsored by the nonprofit students for dot com that is a five oh one c three nonprofit um and uh we are currently doing a lot of projects We have the video wing is up um and we are actually working on a documentary called the Armenian Genocide. It will be aired in three parts in the state of New Jersey, it's channel 21, from 1.30 to 2, um, this Wednesday, uh, next Wednesday, and I believe up to the end of June, um, because it is done in three parts, Armenian Genocide Part 1, Part 2, and Part 3, it it details the chronology, uh, chronology of the terrible genocide that happened over 100 years ago to the Armenian Christians. Um, and it's done in conjunction with uh, author Virginia Atalin, who wrote the book, Musa Del Girl. So it's a great documentary to see. And, um, it will also be up on YouTube as soon as we have that link. Uh, I will mention it to everybody. Um, it'll be sometime in June. Um, and then we're also going to be doing a documentary and, um, about human trafficking, which is our topic tonight. It is human trafficking, sex slavery in the United States, and um, it's, you know it's what a loaded topic, but um, it is one that needs to be addressed because this problem has been uh, increasing daily in the United States, and it's ha- due to the internet and a whole host of other things. Um, and a lot of Americans seem to think that human trafficking help, uh, happens elsewhere. So um, that is our topic for tonight, and uh, what I want to do um, is to briefly describe what it is so that everyone knows what how pervasive this problem is, and I want to tell you what the Polaris Institute has. It's since 2007, the National Human Trafficking Resource Center, which is operated by Polaris, has worked closely with local partners to help tens of thousands of callers. Um, connect with the help and services they need. And um, so uh, what what I want to tell you is that the sex trafficking in the United States, um, which is also run by Polaris, is a form of modern-day slavery that exists in our country and globally. And sex traffickers use violence, threats, lies, death, bondage, and other forms of coercion to force men, women, and children to engage in commercial sex against their will. Under federal law, any minor under the age of 18 years induced into commercial sex is a victim of sex trafficking, regardless of whether or not the trafficker used force, fraud, or coercion. And sex traffickers may lure their victims with the false promise of a high-paying job. Others promise romantic relationships, um, and where they first establish in the initial period of false love and feigned affection. And during this period, they might even offer gifts, compliments, sexual or physical intimacy while making elaborate promises of better life, fast money, and future luxuries. However, the trafficker eventually employs a variety of control tactics, including physical, emotional abuse, sexual assault, confiscation, identification, money, isolation from friends, family, and even renaming victims. Um, so, uh, Ruben, I want to bring you in on this. Yes. Um, Ruben has dealt with this before, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. I, I, I've been um, I've been basically very passionate about and, and uh, in regards to um, human trafficking. Uh, I think that one of the problems that not just the U.S. Um, but the whole world is having is basically co- coordinating. And, and, and having uh working together to, uh, to resolve this issue.
0: Um, hello? Right. Okay. Uh, we, we are getting some background. We'll try to work that out as we go along, folks. Um, okay. One of the issues um, that we have here with, with these human, and particularly sex trafficking, um, is that with relative ease, uh the trafficker who is also the manipulator can set up a, an internet sh- uh porn site or shop and um work the business through the through online is that correct ruben
1: yes yes and i think the uh, the whole um there's been there's been some uh uh improvement in regards to identifying online some of these pedophiles some of these uh perverts uh, and some of these traffickers, because now with social media, it's an advantage for them to promote their 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 business indirectly. But then there's an opportunity for law enforcement to actually be able to capture. So it is it, 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 it is something that that is going to benefit the the individuals and uh, and uh, all of us that are passionate about ending human trafficking. And I think uh, we're in the right, we're going in the right direction. I just think that there, there there needs to be more cooperation on a global basis, and all the organizations and the individuals that are working, uh, I mean, they need to work together in order to really uh, eradicate this this disease, which is called human trafficking.
0: Right, and I want to bring on our guest. Um, his name is Dave McCleary. Uh, he he is with a group called and human trafficking now, right, Dave? Is that it? That's
2: correct. <laughs> That's correct. I'm also, uh, uh, okay. I'm also part of Rotary International Action Group Rotarians Against Child Slavery.
0: Okay, can you tell us, um, um, give us a little background about each one of these groups?
2: <clears throat> yeah, I'll just tell you a little bit about my story. Uh, I'm like a lot of people that thought this didn't happen in their neighborhood. I volunteered for a conference in Atlanta, Georgia, USA, that talked about, um, it was called the Passion Conference, and the entire conference was on the issue of human trafficking. And so I heard the stories of the children and and some adults had been trafficked, and I met a girl through the CNN Freedom Project that actually went to Roswell High School, which is my hometown, and so uh, I invited her up to my Rotary Club in Roswell, which is a nice community in North Atlanta, and she was part of a panel, told her story about being trafficked in downtown Atlanta and how somebody approached, knocked her on her door, asked to use the phone, and then uh, approached her about uh, Model Aid and see that he owned, gave her a card, and she didn't need a job at the time, ended up. About six months later, she called him for a job, and he got her. He said he was going to give her a modeling job. He ended up uh, getting her hooked on drugs and trafficked her for two years. Well, after the meeting, one of our members came up and gave Melissa a big hug. I said, "How'd you know her?" He said, "She used to babysit my kids when she was 12." And so all of a sudden, it wasn't somebody else's problem. And so at that point, we began in Rotary to uh, to engage in this issue and. We're excited that Rotary clubs around the world are now beginning to engage in the issue of human trafficking because we see it's in every neighborhood, and it could be a a kid from India or a kid a kid in the suburbs with an iPhone. Uh, these children are at risk, and it's important that we all get involved and get engaged.
0: Um, one of the issues here um, and that we have to overcome, and I put this out to both of you, um, is that this day and age um children or or even teens uh a lot of times they're in a um both parents are working so they come home they don't really have any guidance um, or you know or it's a single parent household and so so the, one of the problems is keeping those kids Away from um, from a predator. Is it? Ruben, you want to take that one?
1: Yeah, uh, that that's that's that scenario is is uh it's happening even more and more because now we have um at one time when we were growing up we had a, a, a one parent working now we have we have to have two parents not just basically working two jobs. Uh, <sighs> Them work three jobs, so kids are spending a lot less time with the parents, and and and, uh, and, and the guidance is not there. But I, but I think I think what 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 needs to be focused, uh, we need to focus on is basically that we have to educate individuals mm-hmm. like the young lady that, that David was mentioning. You know, these modeling things. If it sounds too good to be true, then it's basically BS. And we we have to become we have to educate kids to become very street smart because unless we do that, these things will continue to happen and they'll they'll end up in a situation like the young lady that David was talking about.
0: Right. Well, she was lured. They they used that as a luring, a luring tool, which is what these people do. Um, but let's go back to the part with the with the internet, okay. Um, and Dave, you, you might have an up on on this. Um, what are some sites that have a tendency to lure their victims?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll mention that in a second. I was just going to say one thing about uh, children that run away. According to the National Center for Missing and Explored Children, 1.6 million children run away every year, and one out of six of those are approached and trafficked after they run away and usually within 48 hours so it's important that we understand that and having two teenage girls um, understand that uh sometimes they get upset and they want to run away but unfortunately their predator is out there waiting for them but i will tell you that one of the uh, internet sites is called backpage and unfortunately you can go on backpage and you can pick out any kind of girl you want if you want a blonde girl that's 12 years old is pretty much on there. And uh, unfortunately, we haven't been able to shut that down because they've just recently been sold. Uh, Where well, they're not even in the United States anymore, they're operating uh, in another country. And so, uh, uh, so yeah, like you I, said. I'm
0: on Backpage right now. Um, is, is that like a Craigslist?
2: It is. And it's, uh, I think uh, years ago, there was a, a, a study in in Georgia called the Shapiro Group study where they did a a fake Craigslist and and they actually uh, set up a sting where they found out where the men were coming from and most of them were coming from the suburbs buying these young children. And it used to be a lot on Craigslist but since then Backpage has become kind of the number one site that uh, are selling these young children.
0: Yeah, I I see uh, I'm on here right now. Um, And and I see uh, I I clicked on a few things. Uh, Yeah, I do see it. If you click on that back page, then adult, uh, then you see some stuff in there. Um, But So it's kind of like a Craigslist. Uh, And also I want to mention to our listeners, um, but don't do this. Okay, but there is a thing out there called the dark net. Okay, um, and you need a special browser to get on there, and to including, I believe, a special router. Um, but uh, we had some uh, some youngsters from colleges um, able to do it for us, and that is a big hub for child pornography. Um. And uh, it's really, really scary about how many sites that you see out there. Uh, and so, but I wouldn't do do that or use that or go on go on that um, type of internet thing because it's very dangerous in there, and and you do see some bad stuff. Um, but anyhow, Ruben, let's get back to you. Um,
1: well, 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 I think ahead. I think one of the questions that I would ask David uh Doreen is do we do we know the source who who who's actually funding some of these uh who's paying for the for for to advertise in the in the uh in the in the um in the village voice in new york city i was just looking at it because if we need to we need to go to the source who is providing the funding to advertise And uh and keeping this this uh, this um, backpage.com domain, you know, open. Do we know that?
2: Well, I think it's a combination of sources. Unfortunately, that's why this issue is so hard to eradicate because you're talking about big money, and just in the United States, the human trafficking issue is a $9.8 billion, uh, million million business. And, uh, $9.8 billion, I'm sorry. And, uh, so you're talking about big money. Just in Atlanta, Georgia, where I live, uh, the adult industry is a $2.9 million industry. And so there's a lot of different funding. And unfortunately, uh, according to the FBI, that human trafficking is uh, only se- second only to the drug industry as far as profit. So you're dealing with a lot of uh, uh, bad people that are trying to make a lot of money off of this.
0: Right.
1: I, I, I gotta i gotta i i gotta I, I give uh some updated news that i've discovered in in the last couple of days now in regard- in relationship to the trafficking that's happening on the u s mexico border what these human traffickers are doing now which has not been advertised but i i've been told that they're using American truck drivers American truck drivers and they're saying to them, we'll give you $5,000, $10,000 just to take the girls across 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 uh from Mexico to the US and then dumping them in, in different parts of the US. Unfortunately, a lot, most of them have been caught. But that but that's a tactic that they're using now. Use American truck drivers to to um get the girls or any of the um the human uh 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 humans to be trafficked uh not using the truck as an uh, as a medium-
0: go ahead dave did you hear that or should we repeat it
2: no i, I thought it was a, a great comment you're exactly right we do a lot of work with homeland security and and we're seeing the trucking industry, uh, uh, unfortunately, are a big part of this trafficking issue. But I will say, on the positive side of that, there's a group called Truckers Against Trafficking. They're really doing a great job within the truck stops and trying to identify this. The other thing that we did at Rotary is we've created a project within the truck stops because we have several members of our clubs that are owners of truck stops, and we're posting the Polaris hotline number where the girls can can call or or the victims can call for help?
0: Um, Do we have... Okay. Here, I'm going to give the Polaris hotline number. It's 1-888-373-7888. That's the Polaris hotline number. Um, In case you know of anybody who's trafficked or, uh, you know, it's... it's, uh, or even if you are a victim and you can try to call that number. I'll give it again. It's 888 373 7888 Um okay, but uh, so let's go back to um the issue on how these uh people are are being lured. Um we mentioned the internet that's one and um uh uh, Dave, can you tell us what else comes from the Internet? Cause there's a lot of online things there.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of different ways that uh, these children can be lured. I'll tell you another area that we've seen more of is is something called peer recruitment where these, they're hiring these boys to pretend to be uh, boyfriends of the different girls within the school, and they're recruiting them for the pimps, and they get them... Lured in the industry and and then end up getting them hooked on drugs, and we're seeing more and more of that because you're talking about a lot of money, and it's unfortunate. But uh, we're seeing that, and we're we're seeing more and more usage on the internet where they're. And the other thing I'll say is that the, the younger the girl is, the harder it is to catch them because it's, it's happening on the internet, and I get something from. the National Center for Missing Explored Children, a, a Google alert every morning. I probably get four or five where there was internet crimes, arrest uh, of young people, of men trying to buy young children.
0: Oh my goodness! Um, and how about places like um, residential brothels? Okay. They they may also pose as massage parlors, right? But they might
2: that's,
0: be be a brothel in, in disguise.
2: That, that's correct. There, we have even in my home state of Georgia, we've had several arrests where uh, some of the massage parlors were were fronting as a a, a place where they were selling young children and. Uh, we actually began to pass some ordinances uh, here in Georgia that are making it harder and harder for these massage parlors to open up. But unfortunately, we're seeing more and more of that. And again, when you talk about this kind of money, it's uh, it's, it's harder and harder to stop it.
0: But because, right, but I would say it's like um, the demand um, should we also be focusing on on the demand part? Because the I, I know the Internet porn industry is connected with this, and, and that's a multibillion-dollar industry, and the demand is high. Um,
2: you're exactly you're, you know, right. People are
0: being curious, you know.
2: Exactly uh, um, right. I'm actually on the uh, governor's task force in Georgia, and we've created a work group subcommittee. That's dealing with demand, and one thing we're trying to do is is create some protocols for businesses, so that when they hire somebody through the HR department, they have to go through a series of steps, protocols. So that, for instance, if they're traveling, they they're not going to engage in strip clubs or in buying uh, young children. If they are, they're they're going to be terminated and uh, a series of fines. And so we're. Trying to implement that within our businesses, yeah. so they can take also look at their expense reports to make sure they're not spending money on on, on buying children.
0: Um, Ruben and I have had a guest on before. His name is Greg Para, who runs a a, a men's clinic. Um, but he has told me, and, and these clinics are for for those who are addicted to porn. Um, but he has come out and told me, and he's also an attorney, by the way, um, that he he gets problems with people viewing this stuff at work, um, drive, while they're driving in their car. Uh, you name it; he he has had every sort of of issue to deal with. Um, so part of the problem with the demand would be that that this stuff is so rampant, right?
2: No, you're exactly to that right. And, that, and, that's, and that's the issue is that, uh, you know, a lot of times when, when men, you know, it's kind of, it was a situation where when men travel, they would take customers out to strip clubs and these other places. And I think part of getting the corporations to buy into this is somebody's daughter, somebody's son. So it's important that they, really engage in this, and we're, and we're really stressing that with the corporations. And I'll tell you that Delta is doing a great job with this issue. They trained 69,000 employees last year on the issue of human trafficking, how to spot it and what to see. So I think we're making some headway, but I think really to to really put a dent in this, we're going to have to address the demand, and and the men are going to have to take, uh, stand up, and the businesses are going to have to stand up. To protect these children
1: david right. david uh, I, if I may interject um thank you Duane. do not don't, dont don't we need to focus and as i was um doing my research on 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 the uh the trucking in, uh industry and and then the truckers being used uh to traffic um individuals from mexico one of the things that i uh, that i i think can resolve a lot of the issues that we have with human trafficking is we have to continue to get better at securing the border the border uh excuse me the border yes. uh we have we have a problem i mean i've been to atlanta i travel uh in georgia uh there's a lot of illegals in the city of atlanta there's a lot of drug trafficking that the cartels are using within the Atlanta, the city of Atlanta, and the state of Georgia. So until we actually really get better at securing the border, we're going to continue to see
2: human trafficking grow in our country. Isn't that right? Yeah, and we definitely need to secure the border. Part of the problem was that, and I've talked to home, Homeland Security about this, uh, but what happened is the coyotes that were trying to bring drugs into into this country brought these kids in to try to flood the border over the last year or so. And unfortunately, what's happening is, instead of dealing with it, the issue right here on the border, or right at the border, they're sending these children to these other cities, which to be honest with you, these organizations, particularly the uh, non-governmental organizations, don't have the funds or ability to handle all these children. And DFACS is already overwhelmed, so we're going to have to do something about these children that are coming in. We, you know, it's really hard to send them right back, but we're going to have to come up with something to deal with it right there at the border to try to help the children. Because once they get out in these communities, they're getting trafficked again.
1: Right, but but I think I think our government has to be has to indicate to the to the other the governments where these children are coming that it's their responsibility. To take care of them, you don't see uh, the the government of Mexico allowing kids from other Central American countries to just stay there illegally. They get shipped back. So I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, we need to to step up and say, you know, you got to take care of your own.
0: Yeah, that's true. Very good point, yeah. Ruben.
1: Mhm.
0: Um, Dave, I just want to ask you, okay, what are um, some of the signs that you look for in a person who is trafficked? Let's say I'm I'm a school uh, teacher, okay, and um, what Mm -hmm. would be some of the signs that I look for in my students who are trafficked?
2: Well, there's several signs. One of them would be that the uh, child is dating a much older man, and we're not talking about a couple of years. We're talking about a 25 year old man dating a you know 13, 14, 15 year old child. The other thing is we're seeing that sometimes the pimp will tattoo the name on the neck uh, of the of the child, and then we're also seeing uh, a lot of times if if they end up or if you see them with really expensive clothes, you know they couldn't have buy or expensive jewelry, you know they couldn't have buy. Obviously you look for um uh bruising or anything like that. Uh, but those are some of the signs that, that we see um that we a- we're actually doing some training within the school system and the for the uh counselors within the school to look for those signs, um because that's one way to really prevent these children from being trafficked any
0: longer and then it becomes the obligation of the school system to um call the uh the uh, children's protective services correct, or try correct. To protect, whatever and it
2: depends on it depends on the state, but in Georgia, we passed something called House Bill Two hundred in two thousand eleven, which made some stiffer penalties. It used to be a $50 fine for a pimp in Georgia. Now they can get as much as life in prison. But also, um, we part of that bill, we passed something called mandatory reporting. So if you see something that you think is not right, whether you see a potential abuse or potential trafficking, by law, if you work with children, you have to report it to the authorities.
0: Um. Okay, that was just a, a question because I want everybody to know um, basically what they have to look for. Um, and Dave, do you know about like a recent trafficking case that happened near you, or?
2: Yeah, um, uh, there's been several. I was actually part of an organization called For Sarah that's here in Georgia, and they do street outreach. They go out and try to rescue girls out in the street. And they uh, had a bus one night, rented a bus, and took state legislators around to kind of show them the red light district. And uh, when they did, they received a phone call from a grandmother because it saw the story on the news. And she said that her 14-year-old granddaughter was missing and she was concerned that she may have been trafficked. And so the organization's leader called the uh, contact in the police department, and through several other leads, they were able to rescue uh, actually two girls, a 14-year-old and a 13-year-old that had been trafficked. And uh, because of the story on the news and because the grandmother uh, saw it, they called in, those girls were been rescued. And just last week, the uh, Georgia Bureau of Investigation made a huge bust and rescued, uh, I believe it was 13 underage girls, here in uh, uh, Savannah, Georgia.
0: Wow. That's so um, it's, its incredible. Uh, we had a case here recently in New Jersey um, in which five people, including a couple from Essex County, they were indicted on charges that they had engaged in human trafficking by forcing a 16-year-old into prostitution um, they, and they were operating out of motels on, on Route 46 here. Um, and this was a recent case, and, and Ruben, I know you're familiar with the area. Yes. Um But and, and a grand jury indicted um, Glenn Bowman, who was age 40, of Newark, his wife, Ernestine, um, and his son, uh, who was age 20, of Brooklyn, as well as a few others. Um, and they got him on a 12-count of conspiracy, human trafficking, and promoting prostitution of a minor. Um, and the penalty for that here uh, it was uh, it's 20 years. And but this is this one sting operation. And according to the police, they did get this um, this group uh, through because they used the website that you had mentioned. So it's pretty common, um, you know, and and they use the hotel to set up shop and to put this girl uh, up on the Internet and and also to do sex favors. Um, So I just thought I'd bring that up. And Ruben, do you want to add?
1: Yeah, I I wanted to find out in regards... um I ask, uh, asked david a question about regards to these young uh children uh, what what is the the, the level of um, uh are they poor middle class what level of or upper middle class what what level of uh, society are these kids that are being uh here in the u s not the ones that are being uh trafficked Across the border, but the ones that that are running running away, are they coming from a dysfunctional um, home? Do Do you have a study on that or uh, statistics on, on on the type of individuals and and what level of uh,
2: of parenting one parent uh, two parent parent parenting? Well, um, we're seeing some of those. I mean, obviously, if the child is from a dysfunctional family. Or they run away. We're seeing a lot come from foster care, unfortunately. But I will tell you that uh, that it's not just uh, foster care. There's a, a story that we that I found out about through Shared Hope International. It's a uh, girl named Brianna that was part of a documentary that they did, and she was a straight A student and was uh, approached by what she thought to be a, a boy trying to uh, date her and ended up getting her hooked uh, on drugs and, and brought her into strip clubs and things like that, and she was fortunately rescued before she was actually trafficked. But we're seeing all types of children being lured into this industry, unfortunately, but I will tell you that any child that, uh, is in foster care, is at a higher risk, or if they run away. In, in my hometown, we have a, actually a huge uh, youth um, homeless population, and, and those it's not kids sleeping on their bridges. It's usually kids sleeping on somebody's couch. And so whenever you see that, they're a lot more vulnerable to be trafficked.
0: It's amazing. And, um, you know, our teenagers... Uh, you know they are rebellious, you know, and uh, they do want to say uh, sometimes they, "Mom, I want out," and so we have to make sure that they are educated enough not to to fall for some of this, you know. Um, yeah, I, I mean even yeah. boys, you know, I, human I, trafficking I, I, doesn't know. Go ahead, Ruben.
1: Well, based on my experience, I have a, I have a twenty. 20- two year old um now uh i think a, a lot a lot has to do with um the parents giving that love uh a lot of parents uh, you know they're focused on on material things and they think material things will alleviate uh the love that the child is is, is looking for and uh, as a as a parent i uh, we we've learned we learn very quickly that you know the material things come and go but that love insecurity that you give your child will stay there
2: even as they get to become adults. You're exactly right. That's part of what we tell people uh, when we're doing education programs is, you know, a lot of prevention of human trafficking starts at home and, uh, you know, start with your own family first and and then move out from there.
0: Um, yeah, and Dave, you have children, right? You have kids, too?
2: Correct. I have a, uh, now 21-year-old, 18-year-old, two girls.
0: Okay. So you, you've <sighs> been through this. Um, you know, I, I always tell my sons, you know, because I, I teach them, you know, we have a close relationship, um, you know, and, and. I do tell them about the stuff that's in the world and, you know, not to trust everybody and this and that, you know. Um, we try our best. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes things just happen to, to sneak through the cracks there, you know, and, and that's the bad part, and that's what we're trying to overcome. Because don't, don't forget these these traffickers, um, they are very highly manipulative to their victim, so that's why we have to constantly be vigilant, I guess, is the best thing. Am I hitting it right, Dave?
2: No, you are. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's kind of, a, I give the analogy that, you know, when you buy a red car, all of a sudden everybody else has a red car. And since I've learned about this issue, it seems like I see more and more of it. I see more and more stories. And it's not that it wasn't out there. It's just now I'm aware of it. And the more and more people we can uh, raise their consciousness, we've begun a whole program here in in Georgia. I'm actually on a panel for the National Center for uh, Civil and Human Rights next week, and it's a men's panel talking about how men can address this issue within the community. So I think the more and more we talk about it, the more and more action comes out, and we're seeing better and better legislation Matter of fact, there's a piece that just passed uh, uh, 99 to 0 in the Senate um, just last week that's going to give stiffer penalties to the men that buy these girls, but it's also going to uh, attach some funds uh, and some more fines that are going to uh, be applied to uh, the victim services for this issue.
1: Now, now now, we have We have We have a lot of laws Written, written in the books I mean Are this going to be Is this going to be a, a federal law Or how is that going to be Applied on a state On a state um, in a State uh, let
2: How is the state Going to apply that It's going to be A federal law But that's a great point Even though we have Federal laws We still need to make sure our state legislatures is passing the strictest mm-hmm. laws we can so it doesn't end up in federal court. And right. I know that um, that Georgia's just – our attorney general just created uh, about a year ago something called the Not Buying It Campaign, which goes after the the men. And, and with that, we're training cities and police officers and really pushing for stiffer penalties for the buyers as well. And so – it's important that even though we've got good federal legislation that we really push to have that state mm-hmm. um, legislation as well.
1: Or else yeah. it could end up like or else it could end up like the immigration laws which on the federal level are not being applied, but some states are trying to apply it on a, on a state level and they're basically doing a better job.
2: Well that's correct you've got to get it from the federal and the state level for mm-hmm. sure
1: there has to be that cooperation between the two 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 uh levels of government uh but uh doreen if I may ask another question uh do uh-huh. do we have do we have um right now with homeland security i know you' have been mentioning homeland security uh uh quite a bit uh, do we have uh, uh, the commitment from uh the communication that Homeland Security uh, has with organizations like your organizations, like the rest of the organizations, where basically there's a, a, a joint, joint uh, mutual agreement that to work together. Because again, when 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 we start bringing different organizations, different uh, agencies, there seems to a uh, uh, break. There seems to be a breakdown on communication. How committed is is Homeland Security to maintaining that level, open level of communication in order to really put a dent on human trafficking?
2: Now, they're really taking this on seriously. And I I didn't realize this about a year ago, but I've had several meetings with them, and they're they're doing a terrific job. And, And not only that, they're really, the agents that I've met are really passionate about this issue, and they're taking a lead, and they're doing a great job of working with other agencies. But one thing I'll mention is that that was one of my concerns. so about a year ago I approached the Carter Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and President Carter about holding a World Summit with Rotary. And we just did that about a week and a half ago. And we had uh, 14 countries and 32 states here talk about the issue of, of human trafficking. And the purpose of the whole meeting was to have my feelings is you've got a lot of great organizations but all working separately, but we wanted to get them all together, the same rooms, the same buildings, and have a work group. And so what we did was begin a process to come up with a 10-year plan to have all these agencies work together to try to really solve this issue. But you're exactly right. I mean, it's important that we work with each other and, instead of all we're trying to work separately.
0: Yeah, because uh, because this is a global issue, and you know, I mean, we're all here in the United States, but and we haven't even begun to look at it elsewhere. Um, but you know what, uh, Dave? I want to bring to you a case that uh, our group has actually been working on, um, and I want you to share your thoughts. About six years ago, uh, a young lady, her name was Amanda Lynn Winkowski. Um, and this is a case in the Buffalo area. Um, she had uh, befriended a guy who, who, well, she dated him. Um, and at the time, she was 20 years old. And the particular fellow she dated was 35. And um, right away when the mom told me that was a red flag for me, Um uh but this guy had, you know, convinced her to move out from her mother's house. Um and in fact they got an apartment together and uh he had um worked on her mind. That's at least that's what I think. And uh he had introduced her to heroin first and um one night uh he he did pimp her out and um she didn't she um uh, didn't come out alive. Uh she either from the autopsy results um show that she was strangled and raped. Um but the case is still going on now because there's a lot of obstruction of justice and whatnot. Uh, but she she is a particular example of um uh, someone who who was trafficked and killed. And uh the the mom I, I said to the mom, I said, you know, he was he was older than her, you know, he had o- other means other than, you know, just dating your daughter, you know, and, and when this was brought to her attention the mom was really shocked, but then when she started to see the pattern, she agreed that it was it was trafficking. And um this case happened right outside of a, well, right in, in Buffalo. And, um, you know, I talked to a couple of detectives up there and they said, you know, that there's, there's a big sex ring up there, you know, and particularly um, because they claim that it's close to the border over there. So, um, you know, I just want your thoughts on this case. You hear me, Dave? oh yeah it, um you know is that that to you probably sounds like something common, right?
2: Well, unfortunately, you know, I hear stuff all the time, and it just it should shock me, but i I've heard so much, and I'll tell you interesting there's a documentary that c n n just did uh the, part of the Freedom Project, and all they do is trafficking cases. And uh, Leif Corlin, who is the uh, founder of the Freedom Project for CNN, is getting ready to release a documentary, and it was filmed here in Atlanta. And uh, what was interesting is um, I met several of the girls that were in the documentary that were trafficked in Atlanta. And what Lee said was that he's been all over the world to India and to many other countries, seen trafficking cases, and the violence he saw in Atlanta. Film this documentary was just as bad as you've seen anywhere in the world. And, you know, it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes from my house where I live. And so it's all around us. And I think part of what we're trying to do is, a, is shine a light on this issue because I think once people realize that there's a problem, they'll start engaging. But to be honest with you, we all live in kind of a bubble thinking that it's not going to happen to us. And we just deal with our own little issues, but
0: right. these children well, are being been, Yeah, I, I, you know, I, to a degree I blame some of that on Hollywood and the media, particularly Hollywood, because they've always portrayed human and sex trafficking as happening in other countries. Take, for example, the movie Taken, okay, with Liam Neeson. Um, that's a sex trafficking movie, but it happens in another country. God forbid it happened here in the United States, you know so i i think people's impression is is that oh it doesn't go on here in the united states you know we're we're above that you know and it and people think that it only happens in particularly third world countries but that that the media has created that impression and um mm. somehow we we have to break through this thing of the media doing that and you had already mentioned cnn had started ruben and i are doing it quite often right right now right ruben we've had this issue several times um so 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 that's where where the case is at and ruben i know do you want to add ruben did i lose you all right i'm back i'm back oh okay i okay Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, did you uh, Ruben we were talking about the media and how ha- how they um you know have led the people to believe that human trafficking has happened in other countries and I talked about the movie Taken with Liam Neeson. You know uh, yeah, I mean, and yeah, go ahead, I, see... go ahead.
1: I mean that's part of the education. I mean it this is a global issue you can't, you cannot uh, believe that this is an issue that's happening in third world countries. We're today more interconnected with the rest of the world, and that's how that's one of the reasons why human trafficking and and and, and drugs uh, has become such a big business. Because there's a lot of, like David had said, there's a lot, of, a lot of money and, and a lot of interest from very, very, very bad and powerful people. So I think the point of educating that like we're trying to do today, tonight more people on that this is a this is a global issue not just a U, United States or or third world countries issue it's a global we're all in it, in it together to defeat this this uh disease. Yeah. Um
0: so Dave you want to share your thoughts?
2: No, I agree uh, but it's interesting too when you uh, when you talk to people. It's like they think of it just being a, in a third world country, and you know when you tell them the stories about how it was happening all around us, and and the one thing, as bad as it is, I, I've seen some real hope. There's an organization called Wellspring Living who deals with uh, girls and the restoration piece when they get rescued by police. They've created a program with Ronstadt, the Tem- Worldwide Temporary Agency, and the YMCA. And they give it's a mentorship and internship program for these girls that are actually getting them internships with Coca-Cola and some other large companies. And so they're able, once they get out of the industry, they're able to uh, really turn their life around because you don't realize all the issues they have to deal with. And so we're excited about that program, and, and that's one thing Rotary's partnering with to try to get these girls back on their feet once they come out of it, out of this uh, issue or industry.
0: Right, and uh, that, that's if they come out of it. Sometimes they don't come out of it, you know, and, and uh, something bad happens to them um, because a lot of them are. Also, wind up getting hooked on the drugs as well. So, that's um, correct. Cause that,
2: you know, according to the studies, the, uh, the average life expectancy for a child that's caught up in this issue is seven years, and it could be suicide, it could be drug overdose, it could be violence. So, it's important that we really address this right now because a lot of these kids don't have a long time. So, you know, we want to make sure that we hit it on the front end and start educating in school. And it's interesting, I had a conversation with a parent about middle school training that we're doing, and he was saying that was too early, and in my opinion, it's too late because we don't catch these kids at 8, nine, ten years old, or maybe too late. The average age of uh, the child that gets into this uh, issue and the, and the human trafficking is 12 to 14
0: yeah and you know and it goes back to the uh the issue where you know the kids coming home and and um they get into things you know and uh they view they go on the internet and they there's some bad things on the internet and they get into the site, you know sometimes just out of being curious you know and um uh, kids at those age are very trusting and they trust the wrong one and this and that, and then. Stuff
1: happens. Go um, ahead, Chase. David. David we'll um, Thank you, uh, one, 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 Another question I have for you um, in regards to these these children that are they're getting younger. Is that that I understand that clearly? they're getting younger, right? Uh, uh, they're well trafficking younger and younger today than they were five years ago.
2: Y'all yeah, know exactly if, it, if it's much, if it's younger than five years ago, but the the average age that they're they're finding with these children are 12 to 14. So it's important that we address it at a, at a young age, whether it be 10 or 11 years old, because right. if we don't get it that early, they're more likely that it could be trafficked. And and again, the, one of the girls I met recently. Uh, who went through uh, Wellspring Living, was restored and got a great job and is doing terrific. Now, she was trafficked by a family member at 12 and hooked on meth, and when she was finally rescued, she weighed 90 pounds and hooked on meth. And so um, it's just important that we address these children at a, at a very young age within our schools to make sure they never get trafficked.
1: And how how's the... Uh besides CNN, because I know you mentioned CNN, uh, is the rest of the media, besides us, uh, is the rest of the media very supportive? Because I haven't really uh, seen or heard any other uh, networks uh, or print media
2: focusing on human trafficking. No, you're right. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of networks. You know, they're... they're about sensationalism, and unfortunately, this is not a a topic that a lot of people want to hear on their nightly news. They they focus on other things, and it's unfortunate. And that's where the public can really say, "Hey, we want you to focus in on this." But you're exactly right. I don't see enough focus by the media. I think if you know, part of it when we had that event at the Carter Center, we had a whole segment on responsible media it's important that we stress that that media has an obligation to the public to tell them about some of the dangers that are out there, and hopefully more and more of our public will ask them to focus on this issue All
0: right Go ahead, All right All right, or you know or eventually what's going to happen is they'll get involved because they have to that something will happen to some member of their family or, um, you know, and then that will really wake them up. Because um, that, that's ha- how the the, uh, the the general public is. Um, but, you know, and you're right about the media. Uh, I haven't seen much on, on the major networks either, maybe except for, maybe MSN might have had something, but it's not really focused on. So it goes back to the synopsis, thinking that, oh, well, if the media doesn't cover it, then it doesn't exist here in the United States. That's how how the public will see that. Um, But anyhow, uh, I want to go back to Dave. Um, We just have two minutes, a little over two minutes. Um, Where where are you going from now? What, What are you guys doing? Do you have any projects? Lined up or you. Yeah, we for? actually. Uh,
2: I've been asked. Uh, Rotary is one of the founders of the UN many years ago, and um, they helped because many of their members were on the original board. And they have something called Rotary Day at the UN every year in November, and they've asked me to put together a panel on human trafficking. So we're going to be doing that, but also we're really focusing in on the uh, Two, two parts. We're educating within our school system and our middle school and high school about the dangers of this and then we're also addressing the business the business community and we're working with a group called uh, Best out of Seattle to create some protocols and some business training to go in our corporations and our goal is in the next 10 years is to have 100% of Rotary Clubs engaged in this issue we're talking about 14,000 clubs worldwide and then have 25% of our business community aware and engaged on this issue to really try to make a dent in it.
0: That sounds really really good. Um, and uh, Ruben? We have a minute well, left, Ruben.
1: I, yeah. uh, David, I mean, if, if there's anything that we can do on our end, um, because as I said, I said it in the past on this on our program is uh, we definitely need to come together and work together, and um, if we can uh, help in any possible way, just let us know.
2: I sure will. Yeah. I appreciate the time and look forward to working with you all in the future.
0: Yes, and David, your website um, is uh, we have the one and human trafficking.
2: Yes, www. Yes, yeah, com. Okay. Uh, so,
0: folks, if you want to find out more information about him, you can go to uh, his website. Um, that's end.ht uh, for human traffic Um And, David, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show tonight. Um well, thanks and folks yep thank you David.
2: and,
1: um,
0: and um, guess what? Ruben next week um we have a guest coming on. He's going to be discussing the police state that we're in another interesting oh, okay. topic yeah oh, right. so uh, his name is Mark Then. okay, so uh, everybody for next Tuesday, we'll see you then.
2: all right, have a good night,
0: yeah.